Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Inside Battlefield. My name is Tom, Community Manager for Battlefield. And today, uh, we're doing a little bit of a different episode. You've requested a look behind the scenes for our teams that make Battlefield. So today we'll focus on how we're updating and tweaking the Battlefield live service environment. And with me are Eric, Kevin, and Sean. Welcome, guys. Hello. 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 How's it going? Good as always. Fantastic to be here. <laughs> yeah, welcome. Yeah, something a little different. Yeah. It's fun. So, uh, look behind the scenes of, of what our teams do for Battlefield. So, first, can you start with introducing yourselves to our audience and what you do at DICE? Yeah, uh, my name is Kevin Moore. I'm the Project Technical Director for Battlefield 2042. Um, so, I, I guess in this context, um, a lot of what I do is, is I'm kind of the person who makes stuff get into production. Uh, a, a lot of stuff comes through me when we're releasing builds, uh, when we're, we're making patches, releasing new seasons. Um, so I'm kind of the, the, the gatekeeper <laughs> in a way for, for a lot of the stuff that we want to ship. Okay. I'm uh, Eric, uh, release manager here at DICE since uh, the past 10 years. Um, my work as a release manager is essentially kind of similar to Kevin, the gatekeeper of uh, the live or production environment where all the players play. Um, yeah, I like to see myself as the, the guy protecting the, the player experience and ensuring that we're all uh, uh, aligned in our plans whenever we release whatever we do in uh, production. Yeah. I am Sean Merson. I am a producer in DICE for the live service team of Battlefield 2042. I primarily work on our game operations, so I too am also a gatekeeper. Common theme here. We're gatekeepers. Uh, I primarily focus on the configuration of our live service tooling in the back end. Awesome. Little trivia before we dive into today's uh, topic. So Sean and I used to work for EA together in Galway. And in 2017, we went to uh, Gamescom, where oh, we yes. in the Battlefront 2 booth. And that's where we <laughs> met Eric as well. Yep. I think that's the first time where we met each other. So that's like six years ago when we yeah, went yeah, the, yeah. the and, Battlefront and 2 Gamescom booth together is, at Gamescom. In, yeah. I think I met Kevin Is, is, is well. that the, that the, that's the year that we had um, uh, the air, um, air, I can't remember what it was called, but the... Uh, with um, they had like the X-wing that was over the hall because we were doing. Yes. I can't remember Starfighter Assault. Is that what it was called? Yes. Yeah. So yeah. One, one yeah. type of Starfighter. <clears throat> so you were right. there as well. Yeah, but I was there for Battlefield Incursions. I yes. was in the. You were in the back. Yeah. Back room. So we we were all there. We were all there, yeah. but like I, I cool, didn't know you then. <laughs> I first got to know Eric then. Yeah. And Sean and I worked together and. Uh, yeah. Showcasing so. Battlefront Two. That was pretty fun. Yeah. Was I mean, fun Gamescom time. is always amazing, right? So. But I, I was the only one there for Battlefield, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But here we are now, like six years later, so all working on Battlefield. So that's uh, interesting times. Small world. Small world. A little trivia for whoever's listening. So hope you enjoyed it. Um, on to today's subject. So uh, patching or updating games is something you as a player experience often, but it's not clear what work is involved in the background. So over time... We have received many questions from you as a player about why we handle it the way we do or how the patching process works and which different teams are involved. So as a start, um, and I think I'm going to start with Kevin and Eric, can you give us an overview of what goes into releasing a patch and just a brief overview to start? A lot of meetings. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a lot of alignment. Like we, we can't release a patch on our own. 
Um, there's a lot of different teams uh, across EA uh, within DICE, um, external teams that we have to be working with. Um, we don't, I mean, we release on consoles. That, that means that there, there's a lot of stuff that has to go into this. Um, so we have to, to be pretty pretty focused on, we, we do our work internally, we get our build, we, we get to that point, then we, we work with, with our partners like release management uh, with, with Palm and um, we're, we're able to, to kind of bring in all, all of these teams that we have across the company to, to, to make sure that we have alignment in what we're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I second that a lot. Uh, it's it's a, like communication is key and aligning everyone because it's not as simple as just producing a build and just putting it out there. That would be uh, crazy uh, <laughs> to say the least. Um, you know, uh, I, I come in uh, uh, after Kevin has essentially produced uh, the build or made the the patch that we're shipping and and um, uh, at that stage align it. Uh, with everyone within EA, all of these teams that Kevin mentioned, um, there's a lot of different people involved in making sure that we can actually deliver something uh, to the players. Um, many steps, and it's it's very, very important to be very detailed in all of these steps, because if you miss something tiny, it could have disastrous effects for the players eventually. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's something you... Uh, we've done a lot, obviously, and we become better and better at it, um, but it's it's a it's a it's a uh, yeah. yeah oh, I mean, lo- sorry. Looking back, looking back over the last, uh, say, I guess, eighteen months with with this game, um, there, there have been a lot of you know, small mistakes that that happened. That the things that players don't see, um, we're able to catch them ahead of time. But you know, there's been a couple of them where it's like. What what happened? <laughs> we're, yeah, we're, kind of, we're we're scrambling a little bit internally, but it, you know, we we get it resolved. But before it, it, it impacts players, but it's um, yeah, having having those checks and balances as you go along in that process super important. And I think um, you mentioned you know, like eventually we 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 get a patch into the players' hands, but it there's a lot of time involved in just even reviewing what goes into the update. And I think we didn't go into too much detail there. Um, but before we do, like Sean, I think you are like then at the, the end stage to make sure you verify which um, fixes are in, in an update. And then you work with teams, including me, to, to make sure like, okay, communications are ready, etc. So can, yeah. you, can you speak more about how you work? Yeah, that absolutely. As well? So where's... Kevin will, like, more importantly, be working on the actual client deliverable. Uh, myself and the game operations team will be more focusing on the more of the timeline of the events, the run of show, what we are introducing in the patch, how that all needs to be configured so when it does land in the player's hands, everything runs as it should do. Yep. Uh, all of our, like, live end, uh, live service backend tooling, uh, we have, like, amazing configurability, which we'll no doubt discuss a bit yep. later on in the podcast uh but i think people don't necessarily don't realize just how many things go into the release day itself right especially for a new season uh we could have like up to 50 major topic points within a day you know like this hour you know season four for example ends this hour season five begins and you know in between that we need to do a lot of checks and balances We'll have our like live QV team, so our quality verification team going in and making sure that 
the player experience is what it should be when things do go live. We might have DLC going live. Like, there, there is a, a lot going on there. And it takes, as Kevin said, a lot of meetings, a lot of organization, a lot of communication so that everyone is aligned on what we are doing and when it's when that actually does go out that it's as we expect it to be. Yeah. That, that's actually why, it, so when, uh, if you look at season five uh, release, um, that is why when, when you download that patch, there's that, what is it, four hours that we have right now between when, uh, when you actually get that patch and the season starts. Uh, that is when our, our live QV team, they're doing all that verification. Um, we have this system called time traveling where they can um, basically play the game as it is going to be later that day. Uh, or you know, later that week, month, year, um, so they can see that new experience, and they're going through the battle pass. They're checking things, making sure that everything works as it should in production. Uh, we always find a couple things. We we go and fix them up, but we were able to do that before players uh, actually get their hands on. I think uh, an interesting item here to touch on is that eventually, as 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 the player, you you know you boot the game, you update the game, boot the game, update the game when you receive a new patch and you just see the thing, this is the game, but there's thousands of independencies or dependencies <laughs> in the back in the background, like all connected, working at the same time to just keep that running. And I think that's probably something you won't see as a player, but that's something our teams are constantly checking and making sure everything is connected and working well. Um, th- can you speak a little bit more about that? Well, a lot of that stuff it it happens ahead of time. Like we we have all of our backend systems that. Um, so on Tuesday we release a season. The entire backend has been updated the week before or two weeks before. Everything's already there, waiting for players um, yep. in in a more of a backwards compatible uh, sort of state. Um, so at that point, it it really is just downloading the update. You you get the new patch, you boot it up. It's it's already. Uh, everything's already configured for you to to hop yep. in and play. Um, the same thing with our our live configuration stuff. That that one is a little more uh, uh, ha- has to happen at a certain time uh, because we don't want to give uh, we don't want to have all the new stuff there for an old game because it it might not fully understand how to to parse all of that information. Yep. Yeah, uh, if we look at like the uh, specialist uh, the rework, for example, uh, bringing the classes back. Uh, that was a very big example of how we have to be a bit more on the nose when we do these things versus like trying to plan in advance and pushing stuff into production early because you're doing such an overwhelming change to the game that, you know, different types of planning for different types of events that we're going to be doing. Yeah, that was fundamentally like a, a, a rework of a lot of the, oh. uh, a, a lot of the systems. So you, you have a, it, it's very binary. It's like either the game is running one state or another uh, and there is no easy way to cut over between the two. So, I mean, that's part of the planning when you have such a big change like the, the uh, class change. I mean, we need to plan not only what the changes are, but how are we going to deliver that to the players in the best possible way? So what, what steps do we take and in what order? Uh, and that essentially goes back to the meetings that we have and, you know, we need to not only uh, plan how we're going to deliver, but test how that is delivered and, and, and ensure that it, it, the experience is correct. Because we, we, you know, we want to ensure everything's checked before players see it for the first time, uh, just to ensure that that quality experience for the players. So how um, how do we plan for and develop an update itself? So we have an overview now about like you know 
the different things we do in the background, but how do we plan for and develop a patch? For example, we need to deliver season five, which is now live for players. Like, how do we start doing that? I mean, it begins with knowing what we want to deliver, right? So we have a high level, like feature brief for every like feature where essentially we're going to add into the game. And then you basically go down like a tree structure from there on in. So uh, we can pick like a specific part of the patch, say like the battle pass, right? So for the battle pass, we know that we're going to be delivering, you know, an X amount of weeks of weekly missions. The battle pass itself, which is usually 100 tiers, which includes a free pass and a premium pass. So you just basically you break down that individual structure from a high level feature and you keep going down until you've discovered every element that you want to deliver. And from there on in, the individual teams within you know, the ba Battlefield team will be responsible for creating and delivering their own segments. And then we get to a point in that delivery where it, where I guess well, I would come in, for example, and when you know, Kevin would have a bit more focus when we get to more like the finaling stage, where we then go and validate and sanity check everything that's gone in to ensure that that is the actual experience that we wanted to deliver. But again, like, I think like this is going to be the uh, the, the podcast of where we say that we're in meetings a lot. <laughs> but like, I mean, like that that sounds very broad. But how we pick every single change that goes into an update, like we review that very carefully with multiple teams across multiple meetings. We don't just dump a bunch of changes into an update. That's uh, not. I mean, to to a point, it kind of is, but but kind of isn't <laughs> i i mean you know get, maybe jump in a little to, to the technical details of stuff but like we, we have um like our, our development stream our, our, mm -hmm. our place that we develop so say say that is now um the 5.0 release so season five uh that'll be on our development line for for a couple of months um and yeah, people are you know going back to what sean said like we've broken down all the work into all these different tasks and tickets uh and people will go they'll they'll pull those tickets and they'll start making those changes in in the development line um at that point it's a little less scrutiny about what's going in because yeah. there is so much time to do more development and, and to iterate on features and to do testing um but there becomes a time it's usually about seven weeks i think before the patch goes live where that switch kind of turns um, we, it, it's called branching. We take it from our development line. We put it somewhere else in staging and, and our team, they focus a lot more on bug fixing at that point. They're saying, okay, well, we know all of the content that's going in this patch. We've decided like, we, we know the map, the map is, is pretty good state at this point. We know all the different features. Um, now let's go and fix all the remaining bugs that are there. Um, you go through that for, for a couple more weeks. Um, and then you do another branch into, to your release and verification, um, stream you work with your your qv partners again to go through um so okay let, let, let's make sure we we've found the, the last couple of bugs fixed any critical issues um any any crashes anything like that and then yeah, you start to go through the sending it off to your partners to to get into production that's where i come in yeah <laughs> but that is a it's a fairly it's a bit of a long process uh yeah. i mean it, but on purpose I, 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 absolutely um we if it's if it's four weeks before a patch is going live and someone uh, on the team comes and says, hey, I've, I've got this idea for this, this great new feature that I'd like to get to, to 5.0 uh, that's going live in four weeks. It's like, sorry, guys, like we, we got we to gotta 
find a different patch for this. Um, because like if you do edit, it might like I, I mean the build can, is already branched, so it's it, or it is. Know, I mean technically, technically you can go at it. Like there's nothing that's preventing us from doing it, except our own guidelines. We're saying that. Okay. If we want to be protecting the player experience, we don't want to start adding features in that late. Because if that feature, um, well, one, it might not be done by the time that we need to ship it. And then now you have a half done feature that we're going to have to either take out or or hide or disable. Um, there could be other dependencies. Like We could go and add a new feature in late. Um, you know, QV, they'll, they'll test it. We'll do all this work. And then you might find out the day that the patch is going live that there's actually this issue that you you didn't foresee. Um, that if you had the proper amount of time to, to test it, you you would have found. Um, so it it really goes back to protecting the player experience. We're we've been really cautious uh, on this project about um, about when we can add new features. Um, we we're trying to do it all the time, but we're just trying to be as safe as we can about it. So we, I mean, in the, in this you know hypothetical case where someone comes. Um, a couple of weeks after we branch into our staging line with a new feature, we would we'd just say, hey, let, let's put it in the next patch. Put like it in it, the next one. It, it's, it's not that we don't want to give that to players. We we do. We just want to do it in the safest way that we can. And I think um, common feedback we get from players is, do you test your updates? <laughs> do you test your game when you, when you release something? Because it happens that when a new update releases, there is a bug. Of course. But... Can you talk more about, because you, you, all of you have already mentioned it, that through all of these iterations we make on the updates, there's testing, testing, testing. But can you speak more to how that works and also why sometimes it happens that there's still bugs that make it into the live environment for players? I mean, there's there's thousands and thousands of hours of testing that we do. Okay. Um, but I mean, say say that's 10,000, just to throw it a random number. A random number. Um because I, I actually, off the top of my head, I don't know what the number would be anyways. Um, but and then we release the patch. Players are going to accumulate 10,000 hours of gameplay in minutes. Yeah, It's just, we we can't hit the same scale that players are going to do. Nope. And we can, we can predict player behavior, but we're never going to be right. Players are going to do weird things all the time. <laughs> They're going to end up in certain edge cases that, that we just can't predict. Um, so that's why it's it's super important that we have all of the uh, all the systems to gather information about what's going on in production. So we can see um, one of the things that we track uh, a lot is um, we call it MTBF, mean time between failure, which is if the game is crashing. So we have certain targets about you know, what the stability of the game should be, um, which we when we release a patch, we get that information back hourly and say, okay, like. Well, how how's the game? Is it healthy? Do we need to do um, any emergency updates? Uh, I mean, last week after season five went live, um, players wouldn't have seen this, but we released, um, I think within 24 hours of, of that season starting, uh, a new game server uh, because we had a, a couple crashes that, that were a little more frequent than we'd like, and we had an easy way of fixing those. So we quickly put together a build and threw it out in production, um, kind of. We we put that build up in in one uh, one region, um, made sure that everything looked fine, and then we scaled it out to the rest of the world. Um, 
So that that stuff that that goes on all the time behind the scenes. Um, there's, there's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes. Oh, absolutely. And like we don't we don't talk about all those types of updates no. to players um, because that is it's seamless. Like they if there's a new game server from one day to the next, if they're compatible with the game client, which they they were, there's no reason for anyone to see. I mean, um, that's the that's the goal, right? Everything of course should be not noticeable to players. So experience should improve always, mm-hmm. uh, but. Preferably not by interrupting your gameplay. I think that's a that's actually an interesting topic because previously for different titles, whenever we had to do an update, there was usually maintenance. I think for Battlefield 2042, we've released most of our updates without needing to have downtime. Which I think we had our first scheduled maintenance a couple of weeks ago where we had to take the game down since launch yeah, and that that was we, we had to there was just some some updates that just had to happen on on some host machines i, I think it was almost like operating system type stuff yeah, exactly. had to be changed. Yeah, yeah. you can't get around some things uh-huh. but that is that is really cool you know for us nerds internally like we you know this is our job or at least for the three of you you're releasing builds updates keeping the game stable making it running for players but it is not having any downtime for such a long period of time while continuously pushing out updates because I believe we push out two every two weeks an update and that's like a player facing one, not even counting the backend ones. That's that's pretty great for a live service game. So can you speak more about how that works and the improvements we've made as well versus like previous Battlefield titles? Yeah, I, I, I mean, uh, how we design the game in the backends, uh, it, it's very, it differs between what, what games we do. And it's something we've learned throughout all of these battlefields we've, we've created. Um, like uh, take battlefield, uh, one, for example, uh, whenever we patched that game, we'd had to bring it down. We'd have to, to, to make all the players go offline for an hour and update some database or something that required that no players were connected to the game. Uh, while doing it. And that obviously is not the, the ideal scenario. You don't want any downtime. Yep. Um, and then moving on to, to uh, future battlefields, we, we saw that as an issue and found ways of, of designing the game from the ground up where this would not be required, uh, essentially resulting in a better play experience because like none of this downtime is required. And it's something that needs to be planned from the core of the game when you develop it. Uh, and you need to think about these things in early stages of development that like, how are we actually going to deliver or how, how is the players going to get these updates? Uh, and it's, you know, we've learned from the past and we're, we're improving for the future all the time. And, and it's come to a stage now where we're, we're able to do these things, new technology, new ways of, of doing it, the cloud, uh, like all of these different technical things that I'm not so inclined in, but Kevin is the, is the right guy to talk about these things. But, um, I mean, all of these things we we design to make it as good of an experience as possible, uh, and to 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 eliminate these downtimes wherever wherever we can. And I think Battlefield 2042 is a great example of of how we've improved our release process uh, yeah. when we patch. I think uh, just an important item to touch on is, for example, whenever we release an update, it's like, oh, okay, we'll do a tweet like, hey, this update at this time. Um, but whenever there's downtime, like we take that very seriously as a team, even if it's like 30 minutes or an hour, it's like 30 minutes of your time as a player where you cannot play. It's like your free time you want to play. So 
even though it seems simple in terms of like, hey, maintenance didn't, then here's a tweet explaining that. We take that very seriously as a team. And we monitor a lot to make sure players can keep playing as much as possible without downtime. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, of course. And uh, uh, there's like there could be uh, updates coming to the game, like not not a patch per se, but there's some team uh, within EA that wants to make an update to the game, and they come to us and say, "Hey, we need to do this update, and that will require downtime." They say, and we'll usually work with them to try to find a way where possible to uh, eliminate that downtime. Downtime, you say? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm the protector of the it, protector. It takes a lot these days for us to take the game down especially yep. battlefield 2042 it's uh it's, we don't do it lightly yep. um we have so much flexibility now within our like our live service tooling like as kevin mentioned being able to deploy our server updates like gracefully so there's no player impact it's yeah it really i mean these are all of the seeds that were built up from like battlefield 5 they had a vision there and then you know all of these core ideas during the development of this game, and now we're seeing the like the the fruit of our labor on on all of those uh, fronts. And a f- uh, an item we've mentioned a few times is the different forms of updates we have. So backend, um, player facing. I I I don't know the correct terms you you would call them, but can you explain the difference between like a player facing update, like hey I download the season five, or for example a server update, a hot fix, like Sure. So even within our um, our client patches, uh, the, the the more player facing ones, we've got um, so there's a a content patch like season five um, or or five dot one, which is is coming at at some point in the future. Um, but they, and those are the ones that we we go through that that longer uh, branching process I was talking about before. Uh, we have our quality of life patches which come in between those uh, yep. i mean going back to what you're saying of you know every two weeks we're trying to patch the game for our players those quality of life updates they are uh we put them together a little differently um we, which we can i would love to talk a little bit more right, we, about we, we'll those. get to that one yeah. later yeah. um so the, those are the player facing ones then we have um through our, our configuration tool that, that sean was talking about it's called uh, arrival um that's where we do uh, a bunch of our updates we do that i, I mean Daily sometimes. Yeah, I mean, we have complete flexibility on when we want to do those. I mean, Pom might say otherwise if I want to push something on a Friday, (laughs) for example. Um, But like, I mean, just to give some examples, uh, we pushed live fixes to increase the ticket count in the new Season 5 map. We adjusted the balance of the vehicles in Breakthrough yesterday for that map. Um, you know, it, we basically like we're constantly looking at player feedback when we launch a new season as well. Like, is there any balance adjustments we can do? Um, have we inadvertently shipped something that we didn't want to, for example, which unfortunately does happen from time to time? Um, and yeah, I mean, the, the tool, the tooling that we have gives us so much flexibility. I feel like I'm just saying flexibility all the damn time, but that's, that's, that's the truth of it. Um, you know, it's, we do have a lot of, I guess we'll talk about this a bit later as well, what we call uh, tweakables and mutators yes. and our our ability to essentially change how the game works on a button press. It's pretty amazing. Um, so, it, and then from there we've got, um, the backend updates can be split up into a couple different, uh, couple different things. So we have, um, our, or microservices, so mm-hmm. all the different services that that run Battlefield, um, whether it's you know something for managing your inventory or for for commerce or uh, matchmaking, 
Uh, and then we've also got the the actual game server itself, which um, we were talking about earlier, just our up ability to, to update that fairly uh, on the fly as well. Um, so as, as we just mentioned, I think we release a patch every two weeks, um, which is a good cadence. We're looking at the amount of work that's involved in creating a patch, which we discussed earlier. Like it's not that easy to just whip up an update and, and release it, even though depending on the type of update, we can do that very fast. Um, so in a live server environment, there is always room to be more reactive to player feedback, which Sean just touched upon as well. So let's take a look at those quality of life updates um, that we do now, because I think those came to exist because of player feedback and we wanted to be more reactive to, you know, we, we released our our season, then you have the point one patch, the point two, but that was a month in between. And we noticed like, okay, if we have changes we want to make, we don't want to make players wait a full month. Yeah, so it, w- it was always our goal on this project to yep. do updates every two weeks. Um, and it's it's tricky because, so season five uh, went live last last Tuesday. It takes us a bit to, to gather the feedback on things that, that we want to fix when yep. it comes to, to stuff like balance, uh, uh, weapon damage, vehicle spawning, other, other things like that. Um, Plus, we know there were a couple of, of, of bugs that we we saw in, in Season 5 um, that we wanted to fix, but it was just too late. Like, we were at the point where we have to send the patch to to certif- uh, like to, to our certification partners and verification to, to get it live. Um, there's just that point where it's like, it, it's too late. So we we put together those, you know, handful of changes. It's usually about somewhere between 15, 20, 25 changes for these quality of life updates. Uh, but we don't go through that branching I was talking about. We just say we take the season five build and we pile these 20, 25 changes on top of them. We cherry pick them from wherever they exist within our um, uh, our development lines. Uh, and we put that build together uh, and we do less testing, um, I, I guess, than we normally would because th- there's just less time. It's also why we take less changes. It, it's about, again, going back to protecting that player experience, yep. saying, can we take 20 meaningful, impactful changes in areas that are more condensed so we can narrow and, and, and focus our testing uh, and release that with uh, certainty. I mean, it's the same process, really. It's just sped up a bit. Like it's, it's, it, it, it's similar, at least. I mean, if you have... Definitely. I guess yeah. to explain the bigger the updates, less patch, the more risk you have of unforeseen bugs. So when we do these quality of life updates... We can do less testing because they're much smaller. We have the season five build already in this case, which we can see in life. We see how it works. So we just look at the feedback. We're seeing the top box that stand out. And we put that together in a small quality of life update to make that ready for players. And I think I I do want to call out uh, or give a shout out to the community, like our players. This is also the area where we, you know, we read Reddit, Twitter, like Discord, and once you've had season five in your hands, like, oh, this weapon doesn't feel right, we tweak it. That's that's why this update exists as well. Yep. Yeah, it's just they're they're a little tight. The the yep. timing is 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 a bit tough because the season um when the season comes out on Tuesday, it's the next Tuesday after that that we need to have that build ready. Um and that feedback usually starts to really come in over the weekend. The yep. team comes in I guess yesterday we sat down with, with Tom. The rest of the community team um, and, and some of our producers said, "Like, hey, w- what more do we think we can do 
that we can safely turn around in 24 hours, fix, test, verify, and put in, put in a build. Um, so it's the the timing is the timing's tight, um, but it's um, I think it's it's the best thing we can do for our players. Yep. Yeah, I mean, like overall, we have to. So a lot of time we do these quality of life patches, we'll look at Reddit as well after we've done the fact and usually the top comment is, oh, why haven't you fixed this specific bug yet? Um, I think that's probably important to touch upon as well from like a community perspective. I mean, Kevin, you can probably talk a bit more about this as well, but generally depending on the type of bug that we get, like it, it might be way more complex to diagnose, to fix, maybe the complexity of the fix means that we, you know, we find it too risky to include in a quality of life patch um but generally if you know it's we're not like trying to ignore players feedback in this case like if you talk about something so i guess spoiler alert um in this next quality of life patch we will be hopefully fixing the issue where if you're in a conquest capture zone it doesn't show the capture ui for the flag every like we've been like for me personally i've been reading this for like the last two patches but that was that was a particularly tricky bug to diagnose and actually fix, right? Yep. So once that fix comes in, like we will be looking at every available fix that we can take that's already been made, along with the community feedback, to try and build up a patch which is comprehensive enough for the players. Yeah, and a fix like that, that that's part of the world icon system is going to be something that could be foundational to a lot of other systems. Uh, so if that's something that, that say, players found uh, after... Um, um, right around when season five went live. Um, I, actually, I can't remember when that's four, four two. I was think. it four two that introduced yeah. that? So if four two is what introduced that, that was what four two went live six about weeks, about a month ago, right? Yeah, about a uh, yeah six, six weeks before. Um, um, so that means that the, the team had um, before five point zero was going through its um, like final verification stuff. They probably had two to three weeks to find a fix for that. Um, and finding a fix that they feel comfortable about, that QV can verify, that doesn't rewrite a bunch of systems, that can have knock-on effects across the game, it takes time. Um, I'm sure that we we probably could have found a way to fix that bug really quickly, and it would have broke half the rest of the icons. Um, it, it's about it's about being as safe as we can to protect that player experience. It's so not all bugs are easy fixes. No, of course not. Like even though like from a from a player perspective, like, okay, this bug is just a, th- a simple UI thing with a flag. There's a lot of dependencies, again, in the back end that we need to review, test. Oh, uh, so, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it's not it's not opening the editor and hitting the, the enable UI on capture points button. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a little more <laughs> Why complicated. Why not, Kevin? Why not? <laughs> I wish it were that way. <laughs> um, okay. And another thing we touched on earlier is... Um, is it mutators, tweakables? I don't know how you want to refer to them. Uh, I guess uh, they're one and the same, right? If it's uh... um, kind of well, I guess one of them. Are, I think it's mutators. Those, those are ones that are exposed to players through portal. Uh, uh, but tweakables are a larger. I guess mutators are a subset of tweakables. Right. We have more things that we can tweak that players can't. Essentially, we have a cooler version of Portal. Yeah, I mean that's it's <laughs> one way to look at it yeah. for the entire game. Yes. Yeah, so we can in a live environment, make a lot of changes to how the game operates. So that could be, uh, oh, you know... God, so yeah, we, just, Sean, just take us through. Oh, man. So we can <laughs> essentially uh, kill switch any item in the game. Um, 
anything we want. Uh, so uh, let's, let's backtrack a little bit. So when we create, uh, when we decide we want to create a new feature or add new content into the game, part of that package will be to include tweakables as you know, so we can safely enable or disable or edit that stuff without us having to do a client or server patch, which gives us the flexibility. I'm going to say it again uh, in for our live service. So, uh, for example, like uh, a voice over IP, for example, we have the configurability to enable or disable that on on the fly. Uh, we have an entire suite of game settings which uh, covers levels, AI. Uh, like the battle pass, you name it. If it's a system in the game, we probably have a tweakable setting somewhere to either enable, disable it, or adjust it in one way or another for any to cover any issues we may foresee or to do balance adjustments. Um, I mean, that's not even going into the like the stuff that we can do within the game, like levels itself. So we can adjust uh, as we've already done, like ticket counts, uh, the AI, uh, how like, you know, their spawn rates, for example, um, like the vehicle spawns, like just a huge, huge amount of adjustability. Yeah, Ticket count for like, you yeah, know, yeah. Which, which you touched upon earlier. And again, this we do this to ensure like players can just keep playing the game. We, okay, it's not easy, but we technically press a button and we change how something works in the game so we and can ensure the the player player experience. Yeah, it's like a two fold, twofold part, right? So yeah. obviously, like we will, a lot of these buttons we'll use as a reactive measure, depending on like feedback yeah. we're getting, or but a lot of these will also just ensure that we are able to deploy our live service efficiently during a new season. For example, um, we have a lot of like uh, kill switches and game settings that we need to adjust when a season ends going into a new season, for example. So you may have noticed in this season, for example, if you are still on the old patch the game menus for example they all would have grayed out so you wouldn't have been able to select a game that was kind of our nudge even though we have uh, our uh, live site live site notice there telling you that the new game update is available that would have been our little nudge to say hey there's a new update please go and grab it yeah so we Re can restart your game exactly yeah. yeah so we can configure that also like on the client version that you're running as well so the older clients would see one version of the game menus, whereas the new client would see what we wanted you to see, which would have been the new like game menus and mixes, which would have included, obviously, the new map and yep. everything that the experience team uh, wanted to put out. And uh, one other item, we cannot tweak everything in the live environment, no. which we are working towards yes. always improving. But right for example, now, weapons, we weapons one, yeah. are an example where we still need to release client updates to make some changes, but yeah. this is something we would like to improve in the future as well yeah. to, to make sure we can Absolutely. be even more reactive to player feedback. Like, hey, this weapon isn't is performing too well versus other weapons. We can now change this uh, in our backend in the live environment without, you know, players having to grab an update or wait for that update. That's That's our end goal, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, like, obviously one of the things we can do right now is adjust... It's like uh, character gadgets, like uh, blast radiuses, things like that. We've done live adjustments the, to those the, in previous seasons. Yeah, we did seasons. the, the SPH, I think. Uh, yeah, the grenade launcher, yeah, blast the radius. The 30% reduction that we did, yeah, that, yeah. that was... Yeah, that was th those, that are, those are all live tweakables that we can adjust and push out on a, on a button press, essentially. Um, so we already talked about it, but the most recent patch we released is Season 5, like the new season, New Dawn. As an example... How does that make it way make makes its way into players' hands? And 
how does the release day look for us as a team? I would love to give a closer look behind the scenes because I already spoiled it on the live stream last Friday. There are burgers and fries involved. <laughs> uh, There's the a war part, room. Right? The best part. We all get together on site. We have multiple screens. We have a Zoom meeting going. We are playing the game as it goes live. We're all, you know, sitting there on our laptops, like monitoring everything. It's a very cool experience to just get together like that as a team. But also, um, it's a big moment because you release a new season. A lot of players are looking forward to this. How does the day look? How do we ensure everything keeps working? What are some of the issues we face? Because we we did see some issues with, with this season. So talk us through it. Um, more meetings, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, essentially, the, the day is a meeting. Uh, yeah, it, it is. But I mean, Sean was talking a little bit about... Um, how we understand like you know minute by minute what happens through that day so we have this massive cutover document that we've created that says you know, you know 8 a.m utc um this happens 9 a.m utc this happens so that we can at every point in time understand what is happening and what's the expected player experience so and that sometimes that might even mean hey for these f- you know five minutes here if a player boots the game, gets this update, and sees this configuration, maybe they see a bit of a weird state. We, we there, there's some limitations through that, but but we make sure that we understand exactly what players are going to see throughout the day. Um, so we'll sit down. Okay, so patch goes live. We'll check what what does that mean. Um, we'll start working with our our live QV partners to to go through and do those checks, um, and then throughout the day, you know, every hour, um, go through a, a additional things. Um, and then lunch, of course, burgers, <laughs> burgers, release it's always, burgers. It's been a tradition here since at least Battlefield Five that we, that we have released yeah, I think day burgers. Battlefield One, yeah. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah. Um, it's good. We we should make sure that that keeps going forward. Um, I think the key part is that obviously we have a war room, right? So we're all in, whether virtually or in the yeah. office. So we're all centrally organized in a way that we can all communicate very efficiently and quickly so if we do have any issues arise or hopefully no issues you know everyone is a shout away yep yeah it's been nice to have uh to to do those in person again uh, i mean back when the game launched we were still um under under restrictions so we did the the worm for that was virtual uh yep. so we had a lot of people that were were doing that uh from home on zoom uh, but now getting back to doing it in the office is great when, I mean, there's that camaraderie, the whole team coming together. And then when there are issues, um, which there there were a couple this time, um, I mean, there always are, but it's about the scale of them. Um, then everyone's there to quickly pull in the right people, uh, get people in the room who can speak to the problems. We can, you, you kind of, you put on your incident management hat and you, you get to, to work on figuring out what the problem is and how to fix it. Let's uh, let's take the statue issue as an example. I think that's the the one that was visible for players. So, how how do we identify something like that, and how do we get it solved? So that that one took a bit to identify as well. Um, and so to, to clarify before we go into it, the player profile stats were not tracking for a subset of players. Basically, like your KD ratio was, was off ever since uh, season five launched. So that was an issue we found after the season went live, yeah, which you, we you could get put into a bad state essentially, which was, would reset. It was the server stats. actually that would get into that state. Yes, um, some of our our servers over time they play um, our servers play, they play hundreds and hundreds of rounds a day. Um, 
Because when you're done playing on that server, it goes back into our, our pool and the next group that match makes, they'll, they'll match make onto that server. And this happens over and over and over again throughout the day. Um, some servers after about, I think, 24 hours, they started to get into this potentially in this bad state where some players could then have um, this issue written with their stats. Um, so I guess when the, the season came out Wednesday, it was about Thursday morning, we started to hear some reports about this issue. We were spent the day debugging it. From uh, players as well. Yeah, from hey, players. Yeah, uh, so, so. Players were, and it, it helped that we actually had some of our developers that, that had the issue as well. Um, that way, so when we have very specific information about it's this account at this time, we were able to start getting a li- little bit more uh, information about it. Worked with our live QV team. Um, they kept hammering, hammering, trying to see if they could reproduce as well. Eventually they did. Um, and then because you have very specific timing and it's happened that day, we can go and get the the logs from the, the dedicated servers as well still. Um, and that kind of culminated in thir- later on Thursday saying, all right, we, we've got... We've got a, a, an issue. And this and it is a serious issue. Yeah, because yeah. at first people were thinking, oh, well, it's just visual. Like having something like this in the stats database, it's pretty uncommon. It, it is. Um, so it's easy for people to assume that it was visual. Um, it wasn't. Um, so we made the decision then sometime Thursday evening, okay, we need to just disable all rights to the stats database because who knows what's happening now. We need to, you're minimizing the damage at that point. Um, and then the team came in Friday morning, worked on, on a fix. Um, we found one, we released another server update, which players didn't see. Uh, so I guess that was the second, uh, server hotfix we released that week. Um, and then we made the decision that we needed to roll back stats, um, that there would be, while it would be impactful for everyone. It would. It's better for for our players to to fix it for those that that were broken, uh, for for those that did have the issue. Um, Another decision we take lightly. No, we review this as an entire team from yeah. multiple angles. <clears throat> like, what is the best player experience? Yeah. To you know, like, what is the most fair way we can resolve this? And ultimately, like, the issue started around. Or just after the season five launch, just making sure everybody could just continue off with their stats from an equal footing it seemed like the best approach there. Um, yeah, so there, we we decided there was a backup from from the night before yeah. the season went live, um, and we worked with our partners to to restore that backup and and put it live. But that was it was a fairly long Friday um, <laughs> with with people updating various databases, uh, and I believe by the time we got that all out was was. Saturday morning. Yeah, yeah past midnight, midnight. Past yeah. midnight. Yeah. Uh, but that's Sean uh, sitting there trying to do updates in our um, in, in arrival, our, our configuration management with uh, you know, not not the normal time we, we want to do that. <laughs> but of course, we've you know, we've built systems that, that we're, we're comfortable in doing that with. Yeah, it was important. Obviously, once we got the stats issue rectified and all communicated that we also gave compensation for... Yeah, the- I mean, in the grand scheme of things, I, I think it's... It's a severe issue for players. Um, while it might not have impacted everyone a, a ton, d- depending on who you are, it's you know, we want to, to to kind of make good for an FPS game. This is probably one of the the worst ones that can happen. So we we did not take this one lightly. Like there was a lot of people working on this for for a solid forty eight hours to to fix it and figure out a plan. Yeah. Um, so so that becomes. Um yeah, this whole issue became it's almost like a um, super quick 24-hour turnaround of a um, 
uh, like a patch. There needs to be a, a plan put in place. We need to understand what decision have we made? What do we want to do? How do we execute on that? And how do we ensure that everyone involved in this, which is many teams, again, I mean, it's the studio, it's the people working with the databases and the stats. It's it's the community team, it's the Tolman team. Everyone needs to be aligned on what our plan is and what we're planning to do. Um, so that when we do this, which is, you know, it's always scary to touch people's uh, stats. <laughs> uh, we do it in a planned manner and that we're all, again, aligned to what we're actually doing, communicating properly, ensuring that we do this in the best possible way we can. Um, so so it, it's one of those incident management scenarios, 24-hour turnaround, quick, get together, put the plan together, teamwork, and, and get it out to players as quickly as we can. Yeah, that, in a way that it's... It, from the from the project management from the, the developer standpoint that it, it's kind of fun when those happen like you, you there's this part of your brain that switches on you go into like i've I just i gotta fix this problem everything is about this um what's the structure that we have to set up what's the process because there is no we have we have run books for things so we know if if a happens you do b and you the outcome is c we we, we have a lot of that for you know when we go through a launch when we go through patches um there, there's there's no run book for this it's like you you don't you don't plan for something like this, so you're you're thinking on the fly of, of what to do. Um, things like this are, are a lot more difficult to get alignment on as well because we've got. Um, I mean, the teams we need to work with here. I think a lot of them are in, in India, a lot of them are in Austin or Vancouver. Um, so it's it's a fairly global team that that has to tackle these sorts of things. Um, but it's I, I mean it really shows the the commitment that that the the team here at Dice and and all of those that are, are around us to to coming together fixing this stuff really quick. Yeah, for sure. It it is a it is a hectic but but really fun environment to be in, in in one way. Like it it it's it's always fun to to solve problems for for people. It's 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 nice to um, be part of of that experience and and ensuring that we we if we have a problem we're gonna get it out and we're gonna solve it as 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 good as we possibly can. Hopefully no late Friday nights moving forward. Though. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, Friday, Friday nights is never fun, but, you know. But ultimately, like, it is to ensure that you as a player can just keep playing the game and having fun. And meanwhile, we have a Sean and a Kevin and an Eric in the background working on making sure everything keeps running smoothly. Ensuring that people can update their KD during the weekend. Exactly. Yeah, apologies in advance for everyone who suddenly had a crazy KDD that we then reset. Uh... <laughs> I, I, I think the, the developer I mentioned that had it internally, I think his, his KD ratio was like 160 uh, oh, after nice. he had that yeah. issue. Uh, he was a little sad when we, when we fixed it. But. <laughs> um, I think this was a nice comprehensive overview of you know some of the work our teams do on the back end to keep the game running. So there's more to game design than just building, you know, creating the game itself in terms of like, hey, this character, this weapon. It takes a lot of work from multiple different teams. So we hope you had fun listening to that discussion, getting a little bit more insight about how that works. However, before we end, we have cookies. And I also want to ask Kevin... Sean and Eric, like, is there anything else you just still want to mention from your perspective? 
absolute silence. <laughs> Making games is hard. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's not easy. No, it is obviously hard. And I think, as Kevin already mentioned as well, like we don't try and have these issues on purpose. But it's, uh, I think you have to be a special breed of developer to go in and be like, I want to be the person that works on the, you know, the, the war room live environment aspect. And I think it's uh, the, like as Paul mentioned as well. There's a lot of camaraderie there, and I think it's it's always super fun working with everyone when we do these releases and obviously we plan and hope that everything does go well uh but when it doesn't uh we, we're all a very like well-knit team when it comes to hopefully fixing those yeah. issues as quickly as possible yeah there's there's people that gravitate towards live service uh, i mean i've found i'm one of them because it's it's a new challenge it's a new problem all the time i i can't predict what i'm going to do the next problem uh, is never going to be it, the same it, as yeah exactly one, yeah. um i mean there's been so many problems we've solved in the last year and a half since this, this uh, game has been live. Um, but yeah, it, the, it's never the, the same, which is is fun. It's terrifying, um, but it's also fun and challenging. And very fast moving because it's, uh, it's, absolutely, it's the, yes. live, the live thing. Well, and I mean, because every, it's live... Every we, Tuesday, right? We have a, our reset, essentially. So yeah, yeah, every I, Tuesday, I mean, 12 UTC, players, something's going to change in the game. Players might not see a patch every week, but we, we look at it as the game updates every week whether or not it's you're downloading a patch or not. Um, with the new rotations. Yeah, yeah, with, with the new rotations. With I mean, there's new arrival updates that, that go yeah. with that. There's weekly missions. Like, there's some of that is we're updating things. Some of it is we're not. But we we kicked off this journey, uh, I guess it would have been June 7th last year with, with season one. And when you start that journey, you know that there's there's another season coming. Another, and there's times that those are happening. Um, so when we run into these problems, it's, it's not like, well... I, we, we'll we'll just delay the next one. Like you you, you kind of can't. Work like it, that. it doesn't work that way. <laughs> so you have to find solutions quickly. And some sometimes it's you know you might cut corners. You might have to take compromises to to fix something with the the plan of fixing it properly later. Because um, you don't want to create a problem that's going to be larger in the future. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean it, it's just that train. Once it left the station, it was you couldn't stop it. So and it's still running. Oh yeah. And still I going. hope everybody's having fun. It's still it running. It was a lot of fun for us to release season five new down. It's still so. running and it's continuously improving. Yep. yep. Yeah, it's really good when it like it goes smoothly. Ever all the players are happy. Everyone's playing. You know, uh, the best war room day is a quiet war room day. It's uh, yep. Yeah, June. June hasn't been kind <laughs> of <laughs> like we were saying last week it, because I mean season one we had a a, a few issues which was so year, was that in June it was yeah, the exact, exact same, same, same actually yeah, yeah. Same the day. exact same week a year ago yeah so now we're in season five like time flies it, yeah it, so, it is uh, it's interesting but I, I think for me and a couple other folks we 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 remembered being up late Friday <laughs> that same week last year doing stuff I'm like mm, maybe maybe this week is cursed I don't yeah know. I think it is. <laughs> Maybe we should next, we were, next we were year all not the, plan for a patch that. Together last yeah, yeah, year yeah. for season one. It was, uh, yeah, and here we are now yeah. talking about it on the podcast. Yeah. Do you want some cookies? Let's do it. Of course. <laughs> Live unboxing of cookies. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Grab one. It is, uh, they're called Petite Food. Trying to grab one without hitting the mic. Challenge impossible. Yeah. Where did you find this? Uh, so I was actually supposed to ping Nika because she is our cookie connoisseur and official supplier <laughs> of cookies for she the Inside Battlefield uh, podcast. She brings cookies to the uh, war room sometimes. Yeah, like uh, no, I she, forgot to ping her to actually come and bring them in. 
so I she usually brings a bak- baklava, baklava yeah. which is well, great. I actually had I, I should have I ate them all, but um, if I was thinking ahead, I would have brought the cookies that my my wife got uh, brought back last week because I had a couple packs of jammy Dodgers. Oh, <laughs> which are always uh, for the next one. Yeah. Was yeah, next challenge. time she's in Gibraltar. <laughs> <laughs> How do we feel about these cookies? They're good. I'm unsure. <laughs> oh, you, had a, you had a different one than my head. That's, uh... I, I assume there's four different kinds of cookies. Yes. They're going to have four cookies now. I guess this is lunch, more or less. This is breakfast for me, technically. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, and lunch. Breakfast, lunch, dinner. Um, but yeah. Sean, Eric, Kevin, thank you for being here today. Um, I thought it was uh, another fun episode to record. Give a, I think this is the first time where we give a look behind the scenes about like, you know, what, what, what some of our teams do. Uh, so folks, get in touch with us on socials through hashtag Inside Battlefield or at podcast at battlefield.com. And from all of, us, all of us here at our Battlefield studios, stay classy and PTFO. That's it for today. Thank you. Thank Bye-bye. you. Thanks. Bye. See you. Bye.